0: Welcome, everyone, to episode five of Recreational Thinking with Yoga Shroud. Our guests today are Matt Jones, Joel Hess, and Jonathan Graham. Hi. Um, I remember that order because it's arbitrary, but we'll be sticking through it throughout the entire episode. So can you each, in that order, briefly state your name in one sentence about yourself? So will start with Matt.
1: All right. Hi, I'm Matt Jones. I am in Gladstone, Oregon, right now. And uh, I write a lot of crossword puzzles, so you may have seen some of them in uh, newspapers wherever you're at.
2: Hi, I'm Joel Hess. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, but I live in in Portland now. And uh, I've been quizzing for many, many years.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm Jonathan. I live in the Dayton area in Ohio, and I've also been quizzing for many, many years. Alright, cool.
0: So this game is in four rounds, one individual and three specialists. First round I call the three R's round. It allows me to reduce, reuse, and recycle questions that I've written before. This round is mostly a warm-up, but these questions will be worth a tenth of a point as tiebreakers. For this round only, each of you is answering as an individual. So if the first person a question is directed at misses, it'll go to the second and then to the third if they miss. So the further back you are in the order, the less of a direct shot you have, but the more time you have to think and the more potential answer to get taken off the table. And so since there are nine questions, we'll rotate so each of you gets to answer three in first position, three in second, and three in third. And then I'll explain the rules for the rest of the game after run with this. And So this three hours round is different from the previous ones. In the past episodes, the questions have basically been random. There was no unifying theme. In this case, uh, there's something different. There was a contestant who had to withdraw for reasons we won't get into, but I had already written a full set of questions for them, so I'm just going to use those questions here. So. For this episode only, there is going to be a unifying themes across the question, but not ones that were selected by any of this episode's contestants. All right. Okay. Okay. So we'll start with Matt in first position on the first question. Ooh.
2: Okay. All right. All right. <laughs>
0: Eight- 2017 Saturday night Live skit featured Ryan Gosling as a man obsessed with the fact that the marketing for James Cameron's avatar employed what font created in 1982 by Chris Costello mm-hmm yep
1: yeah, I remember this really well and uh, this was uh, this is one of those much maligned fonts that uh, you get into when you're when you're doing typeface and uh, all of the uh, the fun that uh, word processing stuff so i'm and and this was a, a basis of kind of an inside joke or a structure on the uh the game undertale so uh, i'm gonna go with papyrus
0: your answer was papyrus my answer is papyrus all right no suspense there that is correct <laughs> Right, next one starts with Joel. The title of the movie and later stage musical, My Favorite Year, refers to what year? Also the year of West Germany's first FIFA World Cup championship.
2: Oh dear, let's see. So this was your show of shows. Um, uh, and the West German show is uh, uh, it's divisible by four. I'm going to try maybe 1972. 1972, all right, good guess. Not correct? Jonathan?
3: Well, World Cups happened in years that are even but not divisible by four, so I will guess 1974. All right,
0: and Matt? This is,
3: like, way,
1: way out of both of my—you know, both both parts of this are, like, way out of what I know. Um, you think that I'm going to go on the pattern right now, but I'm not. I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to go on
0: 1970. All right, so uh, Jonathan is right on the math, right? World Cup years uh, for the FIFA or the Men's World Cup are— congruent to two mod fours We're back in the first episode so um it's not the years divisible by four but the ones that are even and not divisible by four uh-huh. um and joel is right this was a takeoff on um, your show shows which was a very popular show of the 1950s so putting those two together kind of narrows it down to only a couple possibilities so this was 1954
2: Ooh. The year i was
0: born <laughs> the
1: year i was not born <laughs>
0: All right, and I think Jonathan, as we start on the next one. So, post-Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, only three people who were born and raised in an Asian nation have been nominated for an Academy Award in a screenwriting category. All were men, all were nominated for Best Original Screenplay, not adapted. Name the home country of any one of them.
3: Okay, I will
0: guess South Korea. Good guess, but uh, not correct. Matt.
1: I I don't know if... Anything to do with the killing fields had anything to do with anything on this, but my instinct is because of the mm. whole uh, Hengist-Nor thing. I, I'm thinking Cambodia. All right. Joel?
2: Uh, this is not my particular field of expertise, <laughs> but... Um, I'd have to go with an obvious one, like Japan.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely set up to be amenable to guessing. So post Tiger, Hidden Dragon, this is, that movie came out in 2000, so it's a nice century dividing line. Killing Fields came out at, I think, 84. Yeah, uh, was before yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, a, bit, a bit earlier. It's that part. <laughs> right, yeah. So since then, well, only one of these was for a foreign language film, A Separation, which is in Farsi. Mm-hmm. Um, from Asghar uh, Farhadi of Iran. The other, the more obscure one, uh, the Pixar movie Inside Out, uh, Ronnie Del Carmen, who has a co-story credit on that, was born and raised in the Philippines. And more recently, The Big Sick, which oh. uh, starred Kumail Nanjiani yeah. and was written by him and his wife Emily Gordon. And he was born, and although most of his career was in the U.S., he was born and grew up in Pakistan. Okay. Okay, so the next one starts with Matt. All right. right. From July 2014 to May 2016, and again briefly from October 2017 to November 2017, the German men's national football or soccer team (laughs) topped the world rankings in what rating system, named for a Hungarian-born physicist, and more associated with the world of chess?
2: Oh, (laughs) yes.
1: This is is me. Okay, let me see here. Um... The Hungarian system in chess. I'm not entirely certain on this. Erdos is sticking in my mind, but I, I don't know if that's chess related or not. So I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Erdos. All right.
0: Good guess. I did uh, name drop uh, Paul Erdos, I think, in, in the previous episode. Ah, okay. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he uh, was not a physicist. So, Joel.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to have to guess. Well, it was uh, Polgar, <laughs> <who's>, <laughs> does, who does play chess. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that does a, a, very, uh, a Hungarian surname very much associated with chess, <laughs> but uh, not for inventing the rating system. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jonathan?
3: The uh, only chess rating system I know of is the ELO system, but that doesn't seem like a Hungarian last name, but I'll guess ELO anyway. ELO, however you pronounce it.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure about the pronunciation either, but um,
2: that's an acronym of some sort. Yeah. It, it is, in fact, <laughs> not an
0: acronym. It is it the is surname a... of Arpad Elo, the oh. Hungarian-born physicist oh. who came up with it.
2: Well, if so, I'd realized that, I would have guessed that. Well, hold the line. <laughs> I always thought that was an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I often see it written
0: in all capital letters, like it is an acronym. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it does, in fact, come from a, a man. I was certain... always
2: under the impression it was an acronym. Maybe he just like. can get
0: backward Yeah, it could be. It's possible too, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, uh, and I think uh, Hold the Lines by Toto. Uh, (laughs) I always get the two confused. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so uh, one each for Matt and Jonathan and Joel. The 2009 Best Song Academy Award went to Ryan Bingham for The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. Coincidentally, Ryan Bingham was also the name of the main protagonist of what 2009 film nominated for Best Picture and several other major Oscars that same year.
2: (sighs) I'm not good with movies after, say, 2000 or so. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of stopped watching them by then. Um, 2009, gee... I, I just don't have a clue. <laughs> all right, Jonathan. I'm just
3: trying to think of things that were acclaimed from around that time, and all I can think of is Slumdog Millionaire and the King Speech, and I guess I'll go with the King Speech.
0: All right, those were actually sandwiched—Slumdog Millionaire 2008, the King Speech 2010. <laughs> so you, you, you sandwiched the year, but didn't quite hit it, Matt. Can I get a repeat on the question? Sure. The 2009 Best Song Academy Award went to Ryan Bingham for The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. Coincidentally, Ryan Bingham was also the name of the main protagonist of what 2009 film nominated that same year for a picture and other major authors? Uh, okay. Uh, this, uh, I, w- I, was,
1: I was very busy in 2009 with other stuff. Um, <laughs> right. namely watching over my kids and, and, and everything and making sure that everything was cool there so movies were not kind of a, a thing that i was i was following at the time um i i'm just gonna throw one out there it's probably completely way off but i'm gonna go with dallas buyers club
0: that was yeah it appears like 2013 yeah yeah. Two thousand
3: nine
0: That that is the right year. But it was a film that competed and oh. lost to the Hurt Locker for Best Picture. So that year one of the Best Picture dominated films was called Up. That was not a film in question. Oh. It was a very similarly titled Up in the Air. Oh. Oh. That one. oh wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. I didn't Uh, even
0: know that had a nomination on it. George Clooney uh, played Ryan Bingham, and him and his co-stars Anna Kendrick and Vera Farmiga were all nominated for their performances, in addition to the picture getting several nominations. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the next one starts with Jonathan. What was the surname of the character played by Christopher Lee opposite Peter Cushing in a 1959 Hammer horror film based on a 20th century novel that has been adapted for film or TV at least two dozen times? This surname is shared with an 18th-century printer whose namesake typeface design is still popular today.
3: Uh, for DNA? good
0: guess, not correct. Uh, Matt.
1: Well, I can see what the uh, the specialty category was here. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, is it Zap? <laughs> is it, I, I want it to be Zap. I really <laughs> want it to be. Zap.
0: That would be fun, but I yeah. can't think of too many noted literary characters with that name. Well, Zap. Brannigan, but not nah. yes.
2: nah, <laughs> close <laughs> yeah. enough. Could you and hit nah. me with a question again? Joel? Could you repeat the question, please?
0: So we're looking for the surname of a character played by Christopher Lee mm-hmm. in a 1959 Hammer Horror film, also starring Peter Cushing. And it's based on a 20th century novel that's been adapted that's for film or TV at least two dozen times. The name's also the name of a printer with a namesake typeface design that's still popular today.
2: Wow. I can't imagine what what the movie was. Fifty nine. I never, I, I never really watched horror movies either. <laughs> uh, you're, you're missing my wheelhouse completely today. <laughs> um, I just guess Boldoni. <laughs> what was that?
0: Boldoni. Boldoni, Okay, yeah. So the, um, the novel in question. So Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing start up with each other many, many times. A very common pairing. I, mm-hmm. I got a book once that was that, that just went over all of their films. There are even a few before they knew each other that they just happened coincidentally to be in together. Um, and they were both associated with Pammer, which adapted a lot of old properties. So they were in films of The Mummy, of Frankenstein, multiple Draculas. Mm-hmm. The 20th century novel, though, came out right at the beginning of the 20th century in 1903. Its protagonist had actually been killed off a decade earlier, but the author, after resisting demands for a decade, finally gave in oh, and incredible. gave people a new adventure. Yes, the, the character was Sherlock Holmes. Oh. The, the adventure he wrote for them was called The Hound of the Baskervilles. Baskervilles. Mm-hmm. And while Peter Cushing played Sherlock Holmes, Andre Morel as Dr. Watson, Christopher Lee's character surname was... Baskerville yes okay. okay
2: that makes sense
0: <laughs> all right and now the last cycle in this round and this is this one's pretty much you either know it or you don't. It'll fall outside all of your uh, wheelhouses, but...
1: I can, t- I can guess right ahead probably where which way <laughs> I'm going to stand
0: on. So yeah. All right, okay, <laughs> so we'll start with Matt on this. What, okay. What Chile-born Spanish auteur hmm. were in comparisons to Alfred Hitchcock, Dario Argento, and Henry James, with his first two features, Thesis and Open Your Eyes, or Thesis and Abel los and his Hollywood debut, The Others, told the story of quadriplegic Ramon San Pedro in The Sea Inside, the winner of the 2004 Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. Oh, it was... Uh, I've seen... I think I've seen Open Your Eyes, and
1: and I've seen the others, I think, if that's the, the same one that you're, you're talking about. Um, oh, gosh. Did he say Colombian? No. Um, Chilean. So yeah,
0: well, mainly worked in Spain, although born in Chile. Born in Chile. Hopefully worked in Spain... Okay, it was Aubrey los Ojos.
1: Um Gosh, uh, what was his name? It's it's. Uh, okay. I've got an idea of either between uh, Almodovar or oh, and uh, Alfonso Cuaron,
0: and probably gonna be wrong. I'm just gonna go with Cuaron. Cuaron, yeah. As we, I think if we, I'm not sure if we mentioned in a previous episodes. i famously a Mexican. Yeah. yeah. All right.
2: Well, those are the two that immediately came to my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And I know Almodovar is uh, Spanish, not Chilean born, Mm -hmm. as far as I know. (laughs) Um, So I definitely have no clue.
0: <laughs> All right. I mean, you can guess a random surname, although. Garcia. On this particular question, that's unlikely to be helpful, although in other questions, it may be more helpful. <laughs> All right,
3: Jonathan? I'm not sure what countries from, like, just forever there being a filmmaker with the last name of something like Inearichu or something. I and with the tilde I A R I T T U or something like that.
2: Too?
0: Yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah, he, like Cuarón and Guillermo del Toro, who was an answer back in the first episode, all work out of Mexico. Mm-hmm. A span probably did the most famous Spanish filmmaker in the U.S., but this man such dazzling uh, early work. As Open Your Eyes is a brilliant mm-hmm. film, but came yeah. very young. Uh, and then, you know, he was one of my favorite filmmakers in college. He hasn't really done much of note since then, unfortunately. But he also composed the music for his film, so very multi-talented. Mm. And his name is Alejandro Amenabar. Oh, yeah, okay. It wouldn't have come to me, but <laughs> I just like saying, "Oh yeah, okay." So, starting now with Joel, like such past greats as Hungary's Gula Grosic, Scotland's Tommy Lawrence, and Colombia's Rene Igita, current Germany captain Manuel Neuer. This is a. Uh, soccer we're talking about, is known for an aggressive playing style that combines the functions of two different positions. By what rhyming four-syllable compound neologism is his hybrid position known?
2: (laughs) This is sports ball. (laughs) (laughs) This is my worst category. (laughs) I have no idea. Jonathan? I barely know American sports but (laughs) I learned soccer.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, tiki-taka doesn't rhyme so i'm just trying to think of something that i can't i'll just go with tiki-taka and like
1: all right and uh matt I'm just making up words that rhyme in my head, and it, it, regardless of if it makes any sense or not. So I, I was thinking something like Coco Loco. <laughs>
0: so you can kind of, if, even if you just know kind of the positions in, in, the so, in soccer, you can kind of maybe fake your way into this. It combines the functions of the goalkeeper and the sweeper, and it's generally referred to as sweeper-keeper. Sweeper-keeper. <laughs> I think I had one of those at school. <laughs> All right, and last of this round before we get into your specialist categories, and we'll start with Jonathan. What penny-dreadful showrunner has co-scripted the two most recent James Bond films and earned Oscar nominations for Gladiator, The Aviator, and Hugo? He was not nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay of 2017, but he partially shares his name with the title character slash protagonist of a film that was... And I'll add an, an additional hint. Uh, that film I'm talking about from 2017. When I saw it in El Paso, where it is partially set, the theater had to display a warning to parents that it was not suitable for children.
3: This is something I, played, something I, I have no clue. I hope it's clear
0: that if you name the film, is basically its title is the surname of the man I'm mentioning. So if you give the title of the film, you'll also
1: okay, be okay.
3: The Smith. <laughs> All right, good uh,
0: good guess, but uh, not correct. <laughs>
1: Matt. On my way here, there was an interview on uh, on the radio with uh, Sam Mendez and I know that Mendez is not the last name of <laughs> of anything that, that fits this question, so I can rule that out. But um, I for Bond people, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not not thinking anything well, let's just do a lucky johnson we'll just call it johnson call it
2: good okay. all
1: right and uh, joel Again,
2: you're missing, like, missing <laughs> me completely You're Way over my head. Um, I'm going to guess chism. <laughs>
0: so that, that warning to parents specifically, um, I actually saw a similar ones recently in the local AMC theater about the movie Joker. It is generally something theaters do when there's an adult-oriented superhero movie. Oh, right. Because most of those movies are kind of aimed at at all audiences and popular with children. Mm -hmm. So when there are ones that are more kind of disturbing and adult-themed... Black Panther, maybe? So 2017, right, the really kind of R-rated superhero film that came out that year, which began in El Paso, although it takes place kind of on a journey toward uh, the U.S.-Canada border. Remember now? Not Deadpool, is it? No, it was called Logan.
1: Logan. Oh, sure. That Logan, yeah. Yes. And, uh, it shares Lucky his,
0: Logan. Right. Shared his name with John Logan, a talented screenwriter, although he did not, in fact, write Logan. Mm. Been a little too much synergy, I guess. <laughs> so, we end yeah, that... It makes
2: complete, complete sense. <laughs> now, that, now that we know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. So,
0: we, we complete that round with the score of Matt, 0.1, Joel, 0.0, Jonathan, 0.1. Ooh. <laughs> All right, so now we'll begin the first official round because I call it the not all that hard round because it's supposed to be a a little easier than the ones that come after it. So this time each of you will get three specialist questions related to your categories. The caveat, of course, it's not intended to be a fair or comprehensive test of your knowledge of them. The questions may relate directly or obliquely and to keep everyone on their toes, I won't reveal the categories although those of you communicated beforehand will have some knowledge of each other's.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, in
0: case it wasn't clear, the previous round, the categories were the German men's national soccer team, Mm -hmm. Oscars of the 2000s, and fonts. Fonts. We all love fonts. (laughs) All right. So in this round, the twist is before you can answer the specialist question about you, your two opponents get to work together to try and steal the points from you and you will only get a chance to answer for points if your opponents miss. Sometimes, to build suspense, I may pass the question to you without telling you if your opponent got it wrong. In those cases, even if you think they got it right, it's in your best interest to proceed as though they got it wrong, just for game theory reasons, because otherwise you won't get any points. Okay. So since in the past couple episodes and seem to have worked well, we've we've added in a twist. Some people kind of were especially if they were disproportionately stolen from compared to their opponents, they're kind of got into a bad mood. So to alleviate that Some, not all of the questions have associated bonus questions, so if the question gets stolen from you, you'll still have a chance to answer the bonus question for half as many points as to steal, and the question, it'll relate to the question before it, it won't necessarily fit neatly into the category, it won't necessarily be at the same level of difficulty, but it'll hopefully give you a chance to show off a bit more knowledge, plus listeners get to hear more questions, which everyone likes. Um, Definitely. So these questions, again, not all that hard. So they'll be worth two points as a steal, one point as a specialist, one point for a bonus. And the points will go to both stealers, even if only one knows the answer so now that this is the first episode i'm taping after this podcast has kind of gone public so i've started to get a little bit of feedback i recently got a message from someone that said in part your questions are beautifully written and often quite interesting however it does seem like even after four episodes you've not at all figured out your difficulty calibration you've got to get some testers on your (laughs) payroll now that of course would be very good advice if I had anything that remotely resembled a payroll. <laughs> but I do not. Difficulty calibration is hard. Getting it for just three people is harder, right? It works better in aggregate with many. So, you know, I'm I'm working to get better and doing my best, but I'll just apologize in advance for the inevitable calibration mistakes that will occur. Okay. Okay. So now our first question of this round will start with Joel and Jonathan working together as to deal for Matt. Mm. Uh, This is what in Quiz is called a description-acceptable question, in that I won't require an exact answer. Anything that's sort of in the ballpark that touches on the right area will be accepted. Okay. So, Countdown co-presenter and everyone's favorite calculator replacement, Rachel Riley, this past June in Las Vegas married Russian-born dancer Pasha
3: Kovalev.
2: How did this celebrity couple meet?
3: Wasn't what? it on, like, Strictly Come Dancing?
2: That's exactly what I was thinking, because I know she was on it.
3: Because I was thinking that because she's been in the news with her skits on Brexit and Jeremy Corbyn and stuff, that they keep mentioning how she got married in those stories, so I think I've seeing that a whole bunch of times.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, so you're locking in they met on Strictly Come Dancing? Yes. Right, so yeah. Even if you didn't know to kind of the question of how a -A not-quite-A-list celebrity would meet a professional dancer, it would often happen through uh, reality TV. So yeah, strictly Come Dancing, the British show that Dancing with the Stars is based on, uh, she was a contestant, he was a dancing professional, and after their run ended, he broke up with his uh, professional partner and began dating her, and now they are married. Mm -hmm. So that is two points for Joel and and Jonathan.
1: And I think as of about, what, about two days ago from this recording, I think that they had their first kid, um, a daughter. Uh, Yeah, she was just born like a couple days ago. So,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't been following that closely, but Mm -hmm. uh, that's very uh, synchronistic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next one goes to Matt and Jonathan trying to steal from Joel. All right. This is a common link question to listen for the things you'll have to tie together. An Italian footballer who currently plays for Flaminia, a proposed taxonomic clade that would contain all chimpanzees and bonobos. A pink cabot, that's a cat-rabbit hybrid, who is a supporting character on the Cartoon Network children's TV series Chowder. The second single by Little Nas X after Old Town Road. Sandwiched between all of these hints, mm-hmm. I have given you enough clues to name what ancient Sunsworth grammarian considered the father of linguistics. Actually, you had me on cabot. <laughs> So I think, I think I know this one. Um,
1: and the Lil Nas X also helped. So there is a character, and knowing the whole linguistics thing, uh,
3: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Panini. Okay. Yep, thank you for the point <laughs> <laughs>
0: A name that shows up in many different contexts and even more now uh, in the news, it is Panini. I'll give this bonus to Joel. Panini on Chowder is voiced by Liliana Mumi, a um, young actress now in her 20s. But when she was a child, she appeared with her father, Bill Mumi, on It's Still a Good Life, a 2003 episode of what revival TV show?
2: Can you spell the, the name, the surname there? Yeah, M-U-M-Y. Okay, Mumi. M U M Y. Okay, it's Mumi. Repeat the Christian
0: answer. All right. So Panini on Chowder is voiced by Liliana Moomy, right who as a child appeared with her father, Bill Mumi, also an actor, in It's Still a Good Life. A 2003 ah, episode okay. of what revival TV show?
2: The Twilight Zone.
0: Right. So that was essentially a sequel to an episode from the original Twilight Zone in right. which her father, Bill Mooney, had played a very disturbing child. Yeah. You uh, could uh, <laughs> yes. wish people into, into the, the corn.
2: cornfield. Right. <laughs> you could
0: wish people into the cornfield. And when the show was revived in 2003, she and her father appeared in a sequel to that episode. Oh, wow. So mm-hmm. that is one point. All right, now Joel and Matt working to steal from Jonathan. In a snap election called in July 2019 after the abrupt dissolution of Parliament, the brand-new Servant of the People Party, named for and inspired by a popular TV sitcom, won 254 seats for a clear legislative majority in what nation? Yeah, this is is topical.
1: Yeah,
2: and I do remember reading about this, but I don't think I remember where it was. Yeah.
1: I think I actually know this one. So this was I think is this uh what's his uh, last name is Zelensky.
2: Oh uh, Ukraine?
1: Uh, yeah, I think it is Ukraine because he was he was uh, you know, nominated on, on the party of Okay, well know, that based then. on that he played the president on TV or was elected on T V in, in his role and then
0: um, subsequently gotten elected in real life. I'll go along with that then. Yeah. All right, so you're locking in Ukraine? Mm-hmm. So, yes, Zelensky, as you said, had been the star of a television comedy series called Servant of the People, in which his character went from obscurity to becoming the leader of the country, and he promptly used that to go from obscurity to lead the country. Mm-hmm. So, that's two points. Mm-hmm. And, Jonathan, here's your bonus. What woman, a leader of the Orange Revolution, who was freed from prison ah. in the wake of the Euromedan Revolution, currently leads the fatherland party, the third most successful party in that july two thousand nineteen oh, election.
3: Oh, um crap. I don't know if her last name is also Yanukovych or not, but I'll go with that because the name just escaped me.
0: Yeah. Alright, but so was a, a male leader yeah. of Ukraine. Yeah, but I thought
3: that it was like his daughter or something that was leading that party, but I realize
2: I'm wrong about that. I know her first name. I can't think she's got this long last name and I can't think of it. It's Yulia something.
3: It is Yulia something, yes. One of the oh. more famous yeah. Yeah. Yulia Timoshenko.
2: That's uh oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: the braided headband hairstyle. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yep. All right.
0: So no points but good recall. Now this next one goes to Joel and Jonathan trying to steal from Matt. Okay. The nineteen ninety two album. Quest by the neo-prog rock band Final Conflict, or FC, is oddly based on the life of Leonard Daw, a crossword compiler for what daily newspaper that still exists today? In 1944, Daw was famously interrogated by British authorities after several code words related to the top-secret D-Day landings appeared in that newspaper's crossword puzzle shortly
3: before D-Day.
2: Oh, I should know this. Totally should know this.
3: Was it the Telegraph or the Times or...?
2: It was not the the Times. It might have been the Telegraph. Or it might have been the Guardian. Uh, I know this episode, but I can't remember which paper it was. Uh, I think it was the Guardian, if I'm not mistaken. But I will swear to it.
3: Okay, let's go with the Guardian then. All
2: right, locking in the Guardian.
3: Okay, so I will withhold
0: letting you know whether that is right, and I will pass it to Matt. Well, I, I mean,
1: I trust your judgment on this. Uh, I knew it is, it is a British newspaper, and there's, you know, I think at least three or four of notables that have been around at least since the, mid to late 1800s. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick
0: with the Guardian. As I mentioned before, duplicating their answer is not the intelligent thing in this situation. Uh, I'm not gonna stick with The Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go
1: completely away from that, and uh, no, I, I, well, I already am. So taking yeah. a blank on
0: that. Yeah. So our streak of three consecutive steals, which we began the game with, is now over mm. because <laughs> it was the Daily Telegraph.
2: Ah, true gun with you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mayor Cooper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, putting on or above points there. Yeah. All right. Okay, so this next one goes to Matt and Jonathan trying to steal from Joel. Okay. So we're looking here for the name of a musical. Lori Peters, Kathy Dunn, Ivana Lien, Mary Susan Locke, Marilyn Rogers, William Snowden, and Joseph Stewart collectively shared a single 1960 Tony nomination for Best Featured Actress in a Musical for what show?
1: Exactly. It would take that many people
3: to share one award. Well, what if they were like playing an animal that had many legs or something, or somebody with a lot of faces or something like that? Is there a musical that, like, I don't know, like this centipede? For? No, it's definitely not the human
1: centipede. <laughs> I thought the human centipede. <laughs> All right. Um, well, actually, what was the year on that
0: question 19, again? So, the, it was a 1960 Tonys, which 1960. reflects part of the calendar year of 1959. Okay. Uh, oh, my goodness.
1: Okay, what takes roughly six people to perform? That's, all, that's a pretty long list of people there. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you it was
0: seven people, so you don't have seven. to count. Seven, okay.
1: Yeah, I can't count, but... Um, Seven people. Oh, gosh. Uh, I am. I honestly. For one actress award, uh, yeah, I, I can't think back that far to, to come up with anything decent. Do you, do you have any other ideas?
3: Maybe it's like someone, like as a kid and a teenager and an adult and like a really old person or something, I and all being the same character, although I don't know which one that would be.
1: Um, yeah. So it's like the seven stages of <laughs> <laughs> seven stages of woman. Yes. Uh, I I have not coming up with anything.
3: I, I mean, it's, if, if you have anything better, the, that a woman of many seasons. Yes, all seven of them.
1: Seasons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm on a blank on this. I Just want
0: to guess a, mu- a famous musical from that era.
1: Okay, I, I I'm gonna guess one and it's probably not right. It, 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 I'm gonna say Carousel. Do you want to do you want to go with Carousel? Okay, the rotating cast of characters. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I that yeah. was
2: like 1957
0: or that, something. That was a bit earlier.
2: Yeah. All right, Joel. Uh, do you re- read into the list of names again? All right, Laurie
0: Peters, happy mm-hmm. Dunn. Ivana Lynn, Mary Susan Locke, Marilyn Rogers, William Snowden, and Joseph Stewart.
2: Okay, so two of them are male, so that illuminates what I was thinking. Um,
0: but what were you thinking?
2: Especially? I was thinking Annie, that, that uh, several child actors played the, the same part. But that was originally by Andrea McCarroll anyway. And so that started
0: in the late 70s, I think.
2: God, this is escaping me. 1960. And they were only nominated for the same part? Uh,
0: I did not say that.
2: Oh. Wow. Oh. I, 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 I'm
0: I, drawing a blank. Again, just, you want to guess a famous musical? Okay, from
2: 1960. Uh, um, gee. Well, I know it's later, but I'll say My Fair Lady. <laughs> yeah,
0: my Lady actually was, was earlier, I think. That came on Broadway in the mid-50s. No, that uh, was
2: like early 60s. 62 60 or three. No, I think it was pretty sure it was 56 or 57. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it did, I may be wrong.
0: It, it did win the uh, Best Musical. one. This this show as well also wanted it. It's shared, I think, maybe the only time that award was shared between two musicals. But it's one of the most famous of, of all American musicals. And again, just to think about which musical, I did, as I said, I did not say that they played the same character. Mm. So if you think which musical has seven linked characters, five female and two male who play yeah. a key supporting role. These were the, they all, all the characters. Oh, of
2: course. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> what an idiot.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Sound of music. These were the Von Trapp children. Oh, the Sound of Music. <laughs>
2: oh, man. <laughs> I was, I was in the right ballpark. It was, it was children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and uh, the oldest of them is often it's often listed as credit to Laurie Peters, who played Liesel, len was briefly married to uh, future Oscar winner John Voight, who played Rolf her on screen or her on stage boyfriend in uh, the Broadway production, and they sang sixteen going on seventeen together. All right. The next one goes to Joel and Matt trying to steal from Jonathan. All right. One of the greatest collegiate rushers of all time. What Ohio State Buckeyes legend won a starting position his freshman year and then in 1974 and 75 became the only football player ever to earn the Heisman Trophy twice? I was told there would be no
1: sports, uh, but yet here we are. Uh, oh boy! Um, and, and, and you said which uh, which uh, school again? Ohio State. Ohio State. The Buckeyes. It is. And the only thing that came to mind, first thing first, was Brutus Buckeye, and I know that he's not an actual player. That's uh, a um, yeah. <laughs> so for two Heisman's, don't uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. look at me. Uh, okay, well, all right. Um,
1: yikes! Um, oh man, two Heisman's. I, I know all you sports people out there are just, like, you know, gnawing You're at your going, couches right now, saying, I know this you one. You idiot. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, okay, Wasn't well. there a guy named Landis or something that played for a hockey? Uh, Landis? Landis. Landis. Okay.
0: Well, let's let's go with Landis. All right. Landis. Unsurprisingly not correct.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo.
3: right. All
0: right. Jonathan?
3: Uh, It's Archie Griffin, who was one of the people in the handshaking line when I got my degree there. Oh, nice.
0: For one of my degrees at USC, uh, Clint Eastwood was in my handshaking line. He was getting an honorary doctorate. Um, (laughs) I considered telling him that he made my day, (laughs) (laughs) but I decided against it. But yes, Archie Griffin has that distinction. Good for him. All right, one point for that. And now the next one goes to Joel and Jonathan trying to steal from Matt. Crossword puzzles that can be solved more than one way are sometimes termed Schrodinger puzzles, as in the cat. Mm -hmm. One of the most famous Schrodinger puzzles was constructed by Jeremiah Farrell and ran on November 5th, 1996 in the New York Times. Yeah. It's 39 across. Clue was designed to have two potential answers, both exactly seven letters long. What were those two answers? I know this one. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I solved it. <laughs> well, I guessing it would either be Clinton or Bob Dole, since that would that's be exactly. around for the day after that's the election, that. and whoever won. Is yes, that right?
2: That's correct. That and Cat and... Uh, so on, I don't remember the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, very, very
0: cleverly constructed. Joel and Jonathan were already tied, so this extends their tie. Uh, uh, I remember much. that uh, that that was on the uh, usually on the top
1: five or top ten puzzles of or crosswords of all time lists on a lot of things. But Jeremiah Farrell didn't really see much out of him after that puzzle. It was like
0: pretty much his yeah, his one <laughs> shining moment, and that yeah. was it. So he was like the Alejandro Amenabar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't hear this. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Yeah.
2: All
0: right. So, next one goes to Matt and Jonathan trying to steal from Joel. The makers of what song that somehow entered the Billboard Hot 100 in January 2019 have been very careful to explain that it opens with a section of Antonin Dvorak's Symphony No. 9 from the New World, which is in the public domain. If you think that it samples, say, the copyrighted score of a certain 1975 film, they will be the first to inform you that you are mistaken and should probably get your hearing checked.
3: Well, um, I don't know that much about new music, but there has it, been a discussion on the, the Learned League forum about how that symphony was also the jaws theme song, so if that helps you know what song that might be that would use it, um, there's my assisting. <laughs>
1: for I, I, the thing. I didn't know this one right off the bat, but once, once he started talking about the, uh, the, the forum... Uh, I think you might be right on this one, so uh, I defer to you.
3: Okay, but the thing is, is that Yogesh is asking about a 2019 song that uses the John theme song, and I don't listen to much recent music, so I don't know what is sampling this piece. So if you know of a song that has this in it... song that has that in it? I, uh, I don't entirely...
1: Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know this one. Nothing? Uh, unless, unless you have an idea, I, I may have to pass on this one.
3: Um, I don't know, Shark Attack. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh Shark? Okay, are, are, are we talking about, uh, Baby Shark, maybe, as a shark song? Baby, okay. Uh, okay, well, let, let's, and that was right around, I mean, it hit right around 2019, I think. It okay. started getting. And then people started saying, please
0: stop playing it.
1: Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to throw it all out there. Let's say Baby Shark.
0: Do, do, okay. do, do, do. <laughs> all right, you're locking in Baby Shark? Yes. So, I, I did not say that it came out in 2019, I said that it entered the charts. It actually came out about four years ago by a company called Pink and, yeah, they did make it very clear that they were using the From the New World symphony. Uh, and it's just a total coincidence that it, uh, it happens to relate to a shark. And the song is called Baby Shark. do 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 Yes. <laughs> All right. So that's two points for Matt. And puts Jonathan now in the lead. But that's very good teamwork, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> Each of you possessed a unique set of, of knowledge that you combined together to get it. All right. <laughs> All right. The last question of this round goes to Joel and Matt trying to steal from Jonathan. A. Penne exclave is defined by geographers as part of the territory of one country that can only be approached by wheeled traffic through the territory of another country. Mm -hmm. Usually that means it can be reached from the rest of its country by water, but not by land. Perhaps the most famous Penna exclave in the U.S. outside of Alaska is what portion of Minnesota bordering Lake of the Woods that give or take (sighs) some minor surveying errors is pretty much the only part of the contiguous U.S. above the 49th parallel.
2: Yeah, it's that little, that yeah. little, um, this is me, right? Um, it's, me? Both of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's that little uh, thing that shuts into Canada, into Manitoba, I think. Uh, yeah. And what's the name of it now? Yeah. Is Lake of the Woods was what I was going to guess, but I don't
1: think, I mean, nothing is really uh, jumping out of me right now, but
2: it's Lake like, of It starts with a W, I think.
1: Uh, it's not some it, okay. So this this is not considered like an island or something like no, that. No, it's, this is more it's of a an it, it's,
2: piece of it's a piece of land, land. Uh, but it's separated by the Lake of the Woods from the mainland of Minnesota. Oh, um, jeez. And so it's it, it looks like this. Okay, He juts out like this. Joel is drawing a
1: picture, <laughs> <laughs> which will
2: which will not help. Any at all? I don't think it, it shuts out like that. <sighs> yeah. you
1: see, you, you're thinking W. I mean. No, I, I'm, I'm actually. I'm,
2: I think okay. I'm wrong on that. So
1: this is not a W. It's a, any any other of the and twenty-five you, letters.
2: It could be the W. I don't know. Right. Well, it could be a W. All right. If you say it, I'll probably know it, but I can't think of it. Mm, I do not know this one. I mean, you,
1: you got a better idea than I do. Yeah. So. I, I
2: I can see it, but I can't remember the name of it.
1: Uh, yeah, I I I got nothing. Do, do we do we just say
2: just let <laughs>
1: Lucky Watson. <him.
3: laughs> yeah. All right, Watson. Jonathan. The northwest angle. It is called the. North and I thought York. you were going to ask about Point Roberts instead. The way your question originally began.
0: It was in fact originally written as a question about Point Roberts, and I decided to make it easier. Good intuition there.
3: Okay, so that
0: is. One point for Jonathan. And this, as I said, I'll I'll recheck all the scores later. But for now, I have at the end of the not all that hard round Matt Mm 6.1, Joel 7.0, Jonathan 10.1.
3: Good for you. Good job. Good job, everybody.
0: (laughs) All right, now we move into the only somewhat hard round. Questions will be worth four points as a steal, three as a specialist, two as a bonus. And we will begin with Joel and Jonathan trying to steal from Matt. Okay. Abigail Thaw has since 2012 had a recurring role as a newspaper editor on what British detective series? In a nod to this series' title character's love of cryptic crosswords, her character is named Dorothea Frazil, which can be shortened to D. frazil or D. ice or Thaw.
3: Did you say what network this show was on?
0: I did not. Okay. I did say it was British.
2: Are we working together? Yes, this?
3: Joel and Jonathan working together.
2: Okay. Um, my immediate... My immediate reaction is Midsummer Murders.
3: Okay, yeah, that a very well be the case. of British shows I watch are mostly quiz shows. I don't know their other stuff that well, so I'll go with that. Yeah,
0: you're mm-hmm. locking in Midsummer Murders. That is a British detective series, albeit not one with not a title on. character.
2: Okay. <laughs>
1: Gosh. Yeah, I. I, I as as much as I watch British TV, the 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 yeah. crime stuff is just not yeah. one that I, I'm into. <laughs> I, yeah,
2: I don't I don't watch dramas either.
1: So I'm. Why is the ice or detective thaw? Uh, is there a frost like a detective frost or something named Frost that would be tangentially related to this? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Frost final answer Regis.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm I'm I'm, surprised, I'm I'm impressed you managed to pull that out. DCI Jack Frost is the protagonist of A Touch of Frost, which for a long time was a, a popular uh, mm. show. Um and you know, a fairly well acted one. Okay. But in fact the Paw we're looking for here for real life father, John Paw is actually associated with two British crime series, but the, the detective one that was most popular in the U.S. was called Inspector Morse. Oh. Uh, that show, that show actually ended in, uh, in 2002. And in fact, a few years after that I was chased out of Exeter College because I wanted to stand on the exact spot where uh, Inspector Morse had his fatal heart attack, oh. <laughs> uh, which I managed to do right before getting chased out by a porter. But it was such a popular series, it has been brought back in multiple forms, a spin centered on his subordinate was called Lewis. When that was successful, they then made a prequel series showing him as a young man, and that was called Endeavor. Okay. You
2: never heard yeah?
0: of that one? Huh? Right. it's good to know. Okay, so the next one goes to Matt and Jonathan trying to steal from Joel. Okay. What discoverer of the Aldol reaction won the 1954 Tony Award for Best Musical for Kismet despite having died in 1887?
2: Tony <sighs> Award? Ah, Okay. Okay. But
3: um me. Despite having died. Was well, it somebody like Diels or Alder or Klebsch or Gordon or I'm just trying to think of famous chemists?
1: Those are all names. I I, I don't know any famous chemist off the top of my head.
3: I was hoping that yeah. Um
1: Yeah. Eighteen it, it, what was the year again of death year of death, eighteen eighty seven. Eighteen eighty seven. Okay. Oh. How would that be related to Tony uh, Gary?
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, I is I don't know what to say on this one. Well, um, oh, okay, there was that one famous chemist who was like the great, great, great grandfather of Olivia Newton-John, and whether or not that happened to translated to his also being a playwright. And I can't remember through who that is at the moment either. Um, yeah, I, I'm i completely blank on this. <laughs> I'll defer to you on this. Okay, I guess I'll just guess Alder. All right, Alder,
2: good guess. Joel? Um, well, Kismet is based on the music of Borodin, and I have no idea that he would, might have been a chemist, but that's the only thing that makes any sense, because he died around that time. So I'm going for Borodin.
0: So the Venn diagram of famous chemists and people who composed music still being listened to a century after they died, I think comes down to exactly one person. Pretty much the only noted composer who was also a chemist, Alexander Borodin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that puts Joel now in a tie for the lead, or well, actually Jonathan is a tenth of a point ahead, but almost a tie. All right, uh, good job. And now the next one goes to Joel and Matt trying to steal from Jonathan. Okay. The name of a certain political party that was founded in 2016 and won a majority in its nation's National Assembly in 2017 is often shortened to a two-letter abbreviation that just so happens to be the initials of its leader. What is that leader's full name? i trying to think of
2: anything that would be shortened, Xi, shortened to two letters. Xi Jinping. Xi. 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 But that Communist Party is not doesn't have that doesn't have any abbreviation in chinese yeah. um a two-letter name um
1: I, i'm not even sure like, you have know, an idea of roughly where this would be what country anything like that because i mean it's, it's
2: short kind of, names like, are, are are unusual like, and, and I, chinese came immediately to mind
1: yeah, but 2016 to
2: 17
0: though so so, so I said that the abbreviation corresponds to the initials of its leader, not a full name, like a first and last Oh,
2: name. the initials. Okay, that makes a big difference. I misunderstood. Sorry. Could read again, please? Sure. The name of a certain
0: political party that was founded in 2016 and one a majority in its nation's National Assembly in 2017, is often shortened to a two-letter abbreviation that just so happens to be the initials of its leader. What is that leader's full name?
1: So we're thinking this might be a name of the leader who has, like, initials at the beginning of their name, rather than...
2: Um, yeah, it's the initials of the leader. Initials of the leader, okay. Right. Um, So let's see, I'm Francis be... M- E-M, um, E.M. God. Um, who had... Who God. had
1: Narendra Modi, anytime?
2: Ah, uh, that's possible. Then. Narendra Modi. But I
1: don't remember it being called the NM. No, that R-A.
2: was of Bharati or something like that. That's yeah. He's having a good time over there.
3: Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just think I figured it out after lots of minutes of thinking. <laughs>
2: Nice. Uh How about Australia or New Zealand?
1: Well, Australia is Scott Morrison. They call him ScoMo over there, but not, not really. Um, not really a, a New waters. Zealand just had an election <laughs> not well, long ago. That was uh, um, Arn, Arnham or something. It just ended up Arnhem Arn something for New Zealand.
2: And that was. Yeah, it would, be, it would be pretty much a total guess want <laughs> to.
1: Say so just go with the New Zealand one and just just and. I I don't think it's New Zealand. Yeah, well, I couldn't give you the, the full name because I'm not 100 percent on it, but. Um, Let's
2: try maybe something like Iceland or one of the Scandinavian Iceland. countries.
1: Okay. Um, you you just really get anything at Iceland. Well, that, that was really recent though. But, yeah, um, and and it was a woman. And that was Finland.
2: And, oh, that was Finland, you're yeah, right. Yeah,
1: and that's more recent than, than this. Yeah, um, basically Iceland just
2: had one a, a couple of years ago as well.
1: Okay. I'd have that their name ended in son or daughter if
2: it was a. Yeah, but that, yeah, I don't know how, but the rest of it related. is. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. A new party, that's what's driving sure. me crazy. Israel, uh, mm. South Africa.
1: Yes, yeah, nothing jumping out at
2: me. Uh, I I I I will defer you. You take something. <laughs> I got. Uh,
1: I, I mean, I, I don't really have anything. That, I'm 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 gonna defer back to New Zealand and just just in the uh, Arden. Just in Arden, you said.
0: Arnhem. <laughs> Arnhem? Arnhem? Yeah. All right. Just uh, in case it slips my mind, I'll just point out now that it's Arden. ardern, ardern. Okay. okay. Yeah. But that is uh, not the correct answer. Arden. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're very, very well delivered.
2: <laughs> All right.
3: Jonathan. I spent way too much time thinking about parties in the wrong part of the political spectrum. But this is um, the party is called March and the uh, leader is Emmanuel Macron.
0: Uh, The party of La Republique on March, or on March, Ah, just happens to have EM, also the initials of Emmanuel We went right over
2: it. Well, (laughs) on March, I forgot about that. That puts Jonathan
0: back into the lead with three points, and now going to Joel and Jonathan trying to steal from Matt. Mm -hmm. So we ended a previous episode with a question about Lee Mack that mentioned both the (laughs) sketch show and not going out. Both of those shows, Mack co-starred with fellow comedian Tim Vine, whose more serious brother, Jeremy Vine, is the current presenter of what long-running quiz show formerly hosted by Dermot Murnahan?
3: Well, that would be Eggheads.
0: Yeah, you're right.
3: Back when I was doing, like, having to run a whole bunch of data programs that took a lot of time, and I didn't really have anything to do for a while, I would listen to Eggheads, but I have not in a long time. Yeah, it's Eggheads. Yeah, He has
0: a very soothing voice, too. It's a good show to kind of fall asleep to. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Not one not one of my favorite British game shows. Yeah, it's not
0: really my favorite either, but like I said, it, it is a good, nice, soothing background noise.
3: <laughs> uh, if there was an American version, Yokesh would be an egghead. <laughs> I think
1: they, they tried with the well, Best Ever Trivia Show on mm-hmm. uh, Game Show Network is is very close to it. I think it's about as close as we can get to the U.S. to that. Um, they're changing their name, I think, to Mastermind. Not Mastermind. to be confused with Mastermind in the U.K., so yeah, there's sorry. there's going to be some confusion there. Well, the
3: lack of Yokesh in their casting is what's keeping the ratings down. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not <laughs> going to disagree with you there. Not going
0: to agree with you, not going to disagree. Okay. <laughs> <you> <laughs> <very much>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Matt and Jonathan now choose deal from Joel. Okay. So there are four languages in the Dravidian family, in other words ones unrelated to the Indo-European family or to Sanskrit that are widely spoken in India today. The names of the two with the most speakers both begin in English with the letter T name either. Well, uh, one one came to mind right away, and that was Telugu.
3: That's so one that came. I taking it. The other one is Tamil, or is that something else? But yeah, Telugu sounds good to me too. Okay, well, Telugu it is then. All right. So, uh, Tamil and Telugu yes. are the two. Telugu is
1: is
0: the pronunciation. Yeah. Okay. All right transliteration issues mean that things... When they're translated weirdly, they lead to odd... or at least odd-sounding to me pronunciations (laughs) in in other countries, but I mean, you can't be blamed for pronouncing something the way it's typically spelled. I think sometimes it's spelled T-E-L-E-G-U. Right, that's a lot closer to... Because, yeah, that ah sound is often kind of optional in Indian words, so native speakers usually drop it out. But yeah, that's... Telugu or Telugu, in other words, would both be correct. Okay. So that went to Matt and Jonathan, and... Now Joel and Matt to steal from Jonathan. Determining the national champion in college football is a needlessly complicated process. (laughs) But according to the records dating back to 1869, compiled by the FBS and available on the NCAA website... Urban Meyer of Ohio State is one of only three men to coach the teams of two different universities to a major national championship. The others are Pop Warner in the early 20th century at Pitt and then Stanford, and Nick Saban in the 21st century at Alabama and what other school?
2: Yes. Nick Saban. <laughs> um, at least I've heard of this guy. <laughs> Alabama
1: and some other school. So that narrows it right down. It's not Alabama. Well. So,
2: um, most likely another SEC school oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. but which one I have no idea yeah, um, let's see the try Florida
1: Good. Yeah. or auburn or I, would, I, I thought of auburn and thinking opponent i I don't know for sure if it's. well like... they're
2: they're bitter rivals, so yeah that would have caused a major controversy that I might even infer about
1: yeah. that would that would make for an interesting question though. <laughs> As bitter rivals, hmm. Um, you, you want to go with that? because I got, I got. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, am is pitifully, Woefully th- bad at, at college sports. You know, so, I, I yeah. do
2: know a little bit about teams, like team names and things like that, but I don't know individuals. Okay. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, let's, say, say Auburn. All right, let's try it. Good. Uh,
0: Auburn might be in?
3: Yeah. Right, Jonathan? Louisiana State or LSU if you wanna call it that. And I think it was either two thousand four or two thousand five, specifically when he did that. Right,
0: right, around then. I don't, don't remember the exact year, but it is also it was another school in the South. It was LSU. Okay.
2: Cool.
0: Yeah, although Florida was the other school that Urban Meyer uh, led to a championship other than Ohio State. Now Joel and Jonathan stealing from Matt. Mm-hmm. What long-running, currently airing game show has its origin in a 1973 pilot called Shopper's Bazaar? Hmm.
2: Shopper's
3: Bazaar. Oh, um, Supermarket Sweep, is that the name of a game show? I... It's,
2: it's, an, it's an American game show, but I think we're talking British game shows here.
3: Yeah, well, some of them have the same name, and others have slightly different names and so i don't know like you know I have a better guess like
2: i, I don't think they call them supermarkets that's the problem i yeah. think it's a name it's it's something like and i think i've seen this show uh all right well we should probably just try supermarket sweep okay I, I can't think of anything else okay all right
0: you're liking supermarket sweep okay Matt? uh I, i'm
1: i'm going back and forth between a couple of these here i mean the first thing that came to mind was that there is a price is right and and you did not say the origin of the uh the or where where it aired, just long-running game show that's right right okay so so they could have multiple versions and everything prices right goes back a long time ago and i, I don't think I, I really don't think it's that i thought of sale of the century for a second or two, I don't know if it had any British presence. I know that it, it was fairly long running in both um, both in the U.S. and Australia had a sale of the century as well. Um, but I shoppers bizarre. Okay,
2: shoppers Bazaar. I mean, something is oh, uh,
1: leading me back to. Uh, to oh crap! Yeah. I think <laughs>
2: I think I might know it. Now. Uh, <laughs>
1: Okay, so it's probably something that I haven't said yet. Okay. Um, Shop bazaar Bizarre. Uh, okay. And it's long-running. It, we don't know if it's still long-running or not, so, I mean... I did say it's currently airing. It is currently airing. Okay, yes. so, as we speak right now... Um, <laughs> somewhere. somewhere. Somewhere in the world. Here. Yes, it's currently airing. Um, bizarre. <laughs> oh, okay. Where's bizarre. Why is Why is this not coming to me right now? Is the question. Um. Oh man. Okay. I'm. I'm still probably gonna just double down on. Uh, yeah, Price is Right, and I know no, it's not right. So locking
0: in prices Right. I'm gonna have to.
2: Yeah. Okay. I. I. I suspect it might be Wheel of Fortune.
0: That's uh, what oh, I was but- thinking.
2: Surprisingly, Brown yeah, hard enough. to kind of deduce to,
0: because it is kind of a random it, fact. You, should, you should have to yeah. buy
2: prizes. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay,
0: that makes a little more sense. It's it, Dalmatians. It feels that. kind mm-hmm. of random, but in terms of what are the long-running, currently airing game shows still in production, uh, it's a little unfair. Before they went to series, the original pilots of Wheel of Fortune under that title were hosted by Ed Burns of Kooky, Kooky, lend me mm-hmm. poem fame. But the actual, even before that, the Shopper's Bizarre pilot was hosted by Chuck Woolery. Yeah, who, who I then,
2: remember that. Right,
0: who then became mm-hmm. the first host of Wheel of Fortune after it went to series. Yes. A couple of years later. Yes. All right, so...
1: Was it a, that was the Susan Stafford era. Yeah, yeah. For
0: starting in 75, um, yeah. yeah, Susan Stafford.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so Wheel of Fortune is the correct answer, and now Matt and Jonathan trying to steal from Joel. So, if former Miss America and current president of Actors' Equity, Kate Schindel, were here, she might tell you that she starred as a certain character in the 2016 first national tour of a popular musical that debuted on Broadway the previous year. However, if Kate Schindel were here with another woman, she would probably tell it to that woman instead of you. Name the character. Mm.
1: Okay, uh, uh, to another woman? Okay, I think I I get where you're you're going with
3: this. Is uh, this anything to do with a backdole? Oh yeah, I remember that there was a musical about it, but what was it called? Something like Faces or um, it's, it's I mean, Elton. Something did it, face or is it Funhouse? Oh yeah, something like that. I think Fun Home. Fun Home. Okay, yeah. I think now that you mention that, um, but is he asking for the player, the character?
0: Ask for the character. The
3: character. Oh. oh yeah. Well, I have no idea. I do not know the character. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe she just named it after herself, and that uh, the character's name is Allison Bechtel. <laughs> for now. Okay. Well, I
2: guess.
3: is there anything better to guess? Or I, I don't know any of the character names,
1: so I don't know. <laughs> um, let's we'll say she named it after herself, and all of that.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Locking in Alison we're, we're
1: locking in Allison Bechtel as the
0: character name. All right. <laughs> you know what the protagonist of Fun
2: Home is named? I well, it it was taken off of uh, an autobiographical graphic <laughs> novel. Yes. And I thought I I thought the, n- the name also was Allison Bechtel. That is correct. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the name of the protagonist <laughs> is Alison Bechdel.
0: <laughs> nice. So Matt and Jonathan reasoned their way into it. Okay. <laughs> All right, now going to—or, no, actually, Joel gets a bonus on that. Another popular musical whose music, lyrics, and book are entirely female-written is Hadestown. Indeed, its music, lyrics, and book were entirely written by the same woman, with no help from Henry Miller, who is that singer-songwriter who had previously released Hadestown as a concept album featuring Annie DeFranco, Justin Burton, Petra Hodden, and her sisters. And many others back in 2010. Yeah,
2: this is a musical I know nothing about. <laughs> I have never even heard any of the music from it, uh, <laughs> so it's going to have to be a complete guess for me. Um, Annie Lennox. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, yeah, the the uh, Henry Miller thing was a little bit of a hint toward her first name, as her father named her after Anais Nin. Ah. Uh, her name is Anais Mitchell.
2: Okay. I would never have known. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Joel
0: and Matt working together to steal from Jonathan. The largest lake entirely within Alberta is Lake Clare. The second largest lake entirely within Alberta has a more memorable name, one that differentiates it from a much larger and deeper lake found in the Northwest Territories. What's the one in Alberta called?
2: The Little Slave Lake, I think. Oh,
1: because you're thinking like Great it's Slave Lake. Great Slave Lake is in, it's in like... Northwest
2: Territories, I believe. Yeah.
1: <sighs> I think it's, that's reasonable. That's like a memorable name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, for reasons. Um, um, yeah.
2: The other one is the Great Bear Lake, which I think is also in Northwest Territories.
1: Oh, so so Great Bear, do you think there's a Little Bear? There might be a Little Bear Lake, too. I don't oh, know. know. Okay. Um, and there's also a
2: Cinnaboyne, I think. That may be so, in Manitoba, though.
1: Do you think there's a little Assiniboine? A- no? I think it's just le- Lake <laughs> le- Assiniboine. Okay, Lake Assiniboine, but that's not that's not all that uh, memorable. Yeah, it's, it's, a re- a- it's a great
2: it's a great letter bank. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, off of
1: Letter bank, off of a Assiniboine. A Okay, I was just trying to reduce it down. Okay, <laughs> Um o- 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 B- Okay, yeah, I'll get it later. Get it <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, okay. Um, so so we're we're between. Great or little little slave and little bear wait.
2: Yeah, I suspect little slave is kind of memorable.
1: I guess. Um, well, I like little bear, the cartoon. Um, it's memorable <laughs> for me. I don't know if you got kids, but um, yeah,
2: we'll just go with little slave lady Okay, it, sure. All good. All right. Okay, right. You're walking in Little Slave Lake? I'm an Easterner. I don't know that much about Western <laughs> geography. Yeah.
0: All right. I, without revealing anything, I will pass it over to Jonathan.
3: Okay. They ended up with Little Slave? They did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'll say Little Bear Lake. All
0: right. You both kind of followed the breadcrumbs correctly. However, it's actually called Lesser Slave Lake. Lesser oh, Slave Oh. Oh. <laughs> all right. Crap. Wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah, even more striking of a name than Little Slave Lake would be, I think. Yeah. All right, so no points for anyone on that, and we finish out that round. I believe these scores are now Jonathan 28.1, Matt 14.1, Joel 14.0. <laughs> we combine our forces and we're tied. Yes. <laughs> Almost. Actually, yes, Matt and Joel added together would be exactly tied with Jonathan. Yes. All right. And now we move into the super hard round, much bigger point swings now, each question's worth six points as a steal, Mm -hmm. five points as a specialist, and if a bonus happens to show up, it would be worth three. And now we start with Joel and Jonathan trying to steal from Matt. Which historical figure, who has been depicted in Hollywood films by actors as unexpectedly diverse as Mel Brooks and Marlon Brando, was the source of the pseudonym used by Edward Powis Mathers, an early 20th century crossword composer for The Observer, often considered the inventor or first major popularizer of the cryptic crossword? Uh,
2: his name was Ziminez. Okay. No, wait a minute. He was the, uh, Torquemada, I'm sorry. Torquemada. The, uh, the, um... The Grand Spanish Inquisitor. Okay.
0: I tried to emphasize the phrase unexpectedly diverse because nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition.
2: Exactly.
1: (laughs) There there was a, 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 like you said, Ximenes, X I M E N E S was the name of the, I think, the other. He was the second.
2: And the third one was was Deza, Deza. from which we get Azed.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Deza. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, I remember. All right. (laughs) All right. <laughs> yeah, if
0: I knew any of that, I might have been able to work into a bonus, but I did not. <laughs> All right. So now Matt and Jonathan are trying to steal from Joel. Nawa is an extreme geographic peculiarity in that it is an enclave cut off from its home country by Mada, a portion of the Musandam governorate that is itself an enclave cut off from its home country by the country that owns Nawa. Name either of the two countries in question.
3: Oh, so okay. one of these is either Oman or Saudi Arabia, and then the other one is either the UAE or something crap. I'm trying to remember how that thing works. Is it possible to get a spelling on Nawa?
0: Yes, N-A-H-W-A. Oh, perfect.
3: Yeah, I remember this exclave. I think, if it's the one I'm thinking of... um. I'll say Oman. Yeah, I, I, I'll go with you
1: on that. I I got, or I don't have much to go on on that, but yeah, Oman.
0: All right, Oman. I'll just I'll make the bonus on this. Can you name the other one <laughs> for Joel? Is this
2: mine? Yeah. Okay. Can you read the question one more time, please? Sure.
0: Nawa is an extreme geographic peculiarity in that it is an enclave cut off from its home country by Mada, M-A-D-H-A, a portion of the Musandam Governorate that is itself an enclave cut off from its home country by the country that owns Nawa. And so they already named Oman. Can you name the other country answering this question? Well,
2: that's got be Saudi Arabia or Yemen. Uh, I'm going to go for Yemen. All right, so the Muslim
0: government is an exclave of Oman and it is cut off from it by. So, Nawa itself is part of Sharjah, which is, Sharjah, okay. right, which is an Emirate UAE, and is part yeah. of the United Arab Emirates. All right,
2: I was thinking, I was going to say that and I decided against it. All right, so 6.4. I was um, on the wrong side, I was going west.
0: <laughs> Joel and Matt trying to steal from Jonathan. The election of Virginia Raggi, not George Marshall or Hap Arnold, as mayor of Rome in 2016 marked the first major electoral victory for what Italian political party founded in 2009 by comedian Beppe Grillo? Oh,
1: I read about this too. Mm-hmm. It's the
2: party, and, uh, it the, uh, uh,
1: Yeah, it's, it's like I know of it. I just can't. I know think of it
2: too, and I definitely read about this in the Economist. I think. Yeah. Heaven knows what the name is.
1: Uh, um, it's like a kind of kind of an absurdist type name ish. I honestly it's don't name. know. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. So, do you have any? Providence, yeah. Providence. 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 All
3: right. All right. You're locking that in. Yes, Providence. All right, Jonathan. Its English name is the Five Star Movement. Yeah, so,
0: so Joel and Matt didn't, I think, pick up on my references to two of the, Half uh, Arnold.
2: I, I heard yeah. it. I just didn't yes, connect. Yes, uh, George Marshall
0: and Half Arnold, famously both five star generals. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a hint toward the five star movement. Okay. All right, so now Joel and Jonathan trying to steal from Matt. Following the success of Channel 4's alternative election night in 2010. UK Channel 4 commissioned three series of the comedy Current Affair show, 10 O'Clock Live, between 2011 and 2013. The show was hosted by Jimmy Carr and three other presenters, Two Men and One Woman. Of the two men, one has since found considerable success in American TV, but primarily as a writer-producer. The other is fairly ubiquitous on British TV in both scripted and panel shows, appearing frequently opposite his longtime collaborator and less frequently opposite his wife. Name any one of those three oh. co-presenters. <laughs>
2: Well, until that last word, I was going to go with skeet and fry, but that doesn't make sense.
3: <laughs> is, one of, is one of them keeping Mitchell? I was thinking that he probably appears on some things with Victoria Coring and that he would also have oh, yeah, yeah, Mitchell and
2: what David Mitchell does appear in scripted stuff. Okay,
3: yeah. If you're okay with going with David Mitchell, I think that would be a good guess.
0: I think you're right. We'll try. You're locking David Mitchell. So he appears quite a bit in scripted shows, especially with Robert Webb. Robert um, Webb, a, that's right. A few times, on, especially on panel shows, with Victoria Corrin Mitchell. Hmm. And so one of the other three is David Mitchell. Instead of revealing the other two, I'll again let Matt try and guess for a bonus. Oh, geez.
1: Um, David Mitchell is the only one that I was getting out of those three. Um, <laughs> yeah, because of the Corey yeah. Mitchell and, and all that. But You were talking about somebody more famous as a, as a screenwriter? Yes. Uh, in the
0: U.S.? Yes particularly in the last few years, has had a, quite a bit of success as kind of a writer slash showrunner.
1: Oh, um, it, uh, what's his name? Uh, I think it was... Um, oh, 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 for some reason, I'm thinking Stephen Mangan, and, and that's probably not right. Uh, although, oh, Rob something. There's a Rob somewhere out there. Rob Delaney um, is... I think he writes stuff, and he appears in it, too. So... <sighs> Gosh. Yeah, I um, uh, um okay. So I I yeah, I'm just gonna go with Stephen Megan was was in a series pretty recently uh, with some American actors. I'm just going to
0: go with him. Ian Mangan? Yeah. Alright. So, least famous in the U.S. of those four presenters was a woman named Lauren Laverne. I
2: know
0: her. A talented, usually comedic actress and performer.
2: Okay.
0: The other one, the one who's gotten quite a bit of success. He, like David Mitchell, is also married to a TV presenter. In fact, she... When I went to the U.K., when I was studying a media course, we went to a taping of Blue Peter, the famous children's <sighs> show, and she was, at the time, one of the presenters of that... So his wife is named Connie Huck or Ah. Kanaka. He... Has had a great deal of success as showrunner of Black Mirror. His name his, is Brooker. Charlie Brooker. Charlie Brooker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Next one goes to Matt and Jonathan. steal from Joel. Frederick Mistral won the 1904 Nobel Prize in Literature primarily for promoting and keeping alive what language, spoken nowadays mostly in southern France and Catalonia and pockets of western Italy. It's a close relative of Catalan. And I'll also accept the older term sometimes still used for it. That term refers to the region around Marseille.
3: Okay, well, the southern French, I think, is called Occitan, or that region is called Languedoc. But yeah, I didn't realize that it spread into Italy and stuff. So if you think there's something that's more widespread than Occitan,
1: Languedoc, I think is is like it's language
3: related, I, I think. Well, I mean, Langdoc is an abbreviation for Langdokitan, essentially, so... So is it
1: Oxitan? O-C-C-I-T-A-N?
3: Yeah, I've only heard about it in French class, which is why I call it by its French name, or sort of, although I'm sort of mispronouncing it, but yeah, Okitan or Oxitan or however you pronounce it, I think it's the right answer.
1: i think yeah it's, it, yeah let's let's go with that oc uh, occitam o- 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 o-
0: okay. all right do you know the the other name it's um oh, yeah yes Oh, yeah, I'll count that as a bonus as well. Actually, no, I had another bonus written. Yeah, I'll just, I'll offer it to Joel as well. Jonathan has such a big lead now. I can just give two bonuses on this. Okay, so for Joel, what was the nationality of Gabriela Mistral, the first Nobel Literature Laureate from Latin America and probably the first Nobel Literature Laureate who named herself after a previous Nobel Literature Laureate?
2: Um, she was, uh, she was either Chilean or Argentinian. Oh, brother, um... I think she was Chilean. Yes,
0: that's correct. Much like Pablo Neruda lost Prize. Yeah. Whereas uh, Argentinian uh, Jorge Luis Borges never won the Nobel Prize in Literature despite uh, many people championing him. Yeah, he should have, totally. Right. His <laughs> political stance has probably hurt him as well. Yeah, that's mm-hmm.
2: true. <laughs> All
0: right. Now... Next one goes to Joel and Matt, trying to steal from Jonathan. On December 10th, less than two weeks ago, Sana Marin became possibly the first head of government in a Republican democracy, whose date of birth is later than mine. In other words, who is not as old as I am. So, how old is she? Or rather, how young is she? Do you know how old he is? <laughs> this, is this is like
1: Shades of Richard Osman's The Birthday Game at this point. It's like, how old are they? Um, whew, um, this
2: would be a total guess on my part. Well,
1: Okay, so now we have to guess how old Yogesh is. Base it off of that. <laughs> and, and, possibly, and, and possibly
2: insult our Yogesh. <laughs> <laughs> well...
1: Okay, so I, I think just just taking a look here, I'm thinking Yo know, is probably in his mid 30s. I'm gonna guess. That's what I would. I'm gonna, think. I'm gonna yeah, not not to give too much away or anything like that. <laughs> but okay, um, so we are we are looking at uh, the I I I read that she was in her late 20s possibly. Your <laughs> guess is as good as mine. Well, I know. Yo really
2: like. is right there. But, uh, uh, um. Ah. Twenty nine. Uh. uh okay
1: something like that yeah i mean this it, 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 is you're not going to give leeway within like a, a year or anything like that i see you looking no. over there um <laughs> all right um have a 29 okay that's 20, good 29 29 all right yeah. Jonathan.
3: um okay so as for you guys <laughs> um i think you're a few months older than me and i just turned 35 last week although
0: happy birthday oh.
3: Thank you. But yeah, I think that, yeah, I think they're right about her being 29. They'll all say 30 in case she's slightly older.
0: All right. So again, without revealing too much, she is only a little bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impressive that you all think someone 30 or younger could lead a nation. I think in the U.S., the Constitution says they have to be 35. Right. yeah. Yeah. I mean, then I mean, again, it's not like the older generations have really been proving itself all that well. Yeah, look
2: look at our current leadership. (laughs) (laughs) Not to get too political about it. Yeah, so she is, in fact,
0: on her most recent birthday, she turned
2: 34. Oh, Oh my gosh. gosh. There are all sorts of leaders (laughs) of countries younger than me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When Jacinda Ardern took power, I was like, oh, wow, someone born in the 80s. So now we enter the final cycle. Each one of you will get one remaining specialist question. So this first one goes to Joel and Jonathan trying to steal from Matt. Mm. Margaret Petherbridge served as an assistant To Arthur Mm. Wynne, Who in 1913 famously introduced the first American Crossword at the New York World She eventually retired to raise a family Only to return in the 1940s As the massively influential founding puzzle editor At the New York Times Now at this point in her life She was using a surname taken from her husband Her husband is best known for founding Two major publishing houses One of which became Holt Reinhardt Winston Now Holt McDougall, The other of which is now a division of Macmillan And is still named for him, Roger Strauss, and Robert Giro. what was that surname that her husband had that she also adopted?
2: Well, this is easy. I, I, I had to put the privilege of meeting her. Oh, nice. She, she's a, she was a, a grand old dean, <laughs> <laughs> and her name was Marguerite Ferrar. Right. So,
0: uh, yeah, when two people share a specialist area and one of them chooses as a category, they do risk being stolen from. True. <laughs> <laughs> True. You should have thought of that, Matt. <laughs> All right. Now we go to, well, depending on how good your list knowledge is, this will either be very easy or very difficult. So Matt and Jonathan trying to steal from Joel. Okay. In the list of Best Musical Tony winners, there is exactly one that is directly based on a Shakespeare play and uses that play's title. There's exactly one that is directly based on a Dickens novel and uses that book's title. So for clarity here, the first winner in that category was Kiss Me Kate, which was based on Taming of the Shrew, but did not use that title. Mm-hmm. Two famous musicals you might think one, West Side Story and Oliver, did not, in fact, win. (laughs) The Lion King did win, and and many will argue it was based on Hamlet, but they clearly don't share a title. So now, as I said, one directly based on Dickens novel and sharing its title, one directly based on a Shakespeare play and sharing its title, name either. Okay.
1: So... I don't really have a, a, a really strong preference either way on, on on this one. I mean it's it's just basically just let's let's name some titles and see what we, yeah. see what sticks here.
3: Like um, I don't know, like David Copperfield or Nicholas Nickleby or um, Curiosity Shop. Yeah, I figure that we're more likely to get the Dickens one since there are fewer books. And this is just a Tony. It's
1: not necessarily a musical musical. Okay, it is it is musical. It is musical. Okay, that's musical.
3: Martin Chuzzle with the musical. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, well,
3: little Dory. <laughs>
1: great expectations. There's um Oh, wait a minute. Is Dickens? Okay, so did this did the mystery of Edwin Druid had ever anything to do with Dickens, or am I thinking of somebody else?
3: I think that's by Dickens. Yeah. because
1: there there was some Something that was involved with that. I think they t- they tried to stage it at one point or another. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, the, and then the Shakespeare title. Of, it's an either or, but I mean right. I'm just playing for. <laughs> uh, the Shakespeare title. I I really don't know. Yeah, I. Night or um, Henry the Fourth with an exclamation point at the end. Yeah. <laughs> The Henry the 24th. <laughs> <So. laughs> Touche. All right. Uh, I, I, I don't have much of an really inkling here. Fellow of the musical. Uh, it's, it's probably... Well, it's going to make a musical. It's probably going to
3: be on a, com- a comedy, maybe. Was there a comedy of errors? Yes, there was. Okay. I, um, mean, no, I mean, it's a musical. first. No, I don't know. Um, you want to I mean, go with that? I would, I would go with that. I mean... Um, Okay, so so we're we're leaning
1: on what *Mystery of Edwin Drood* as the Dickens, and then *A Comedy of Errors* as the the Shakespeare. Okay. Okay. All right. blocked.
0: Which one do you want to pick?
1: Oh, which one do we? Want to I I feel better about Edwin Drood. To okay.
0: Be honest. Okay, let's let's go there so you're locking in the mystery of edwin druid yes all right i will be quiet pass it over to
2: joel okay well this musical wasn't a very good musical but it was a very weak year for musicals and i think it won that year and it was the two gentlemen of verona all right
0: so regarding comedy of Errors, the original uh, greek play was based on maybe it was on the shakespeare but the musical the boys from syracuse which predates the tonys was based on that Although I think Plautus's work also was the basis for A Funny Thing that Happened on the Way to the Forum, mm. which did uh, win the Best Musical Tony, extremely great musical. For the Dickens, you went for The Mystery of Edwin Drood. For Shakespeare, you went for Two Gentlemen of Verona. And those are, in fact, the two correct answers. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as a bonus for Joel, so Mystery of Edmund Drood, again, like Town, book, musical, lyrics, all written by one man, one of the most creative talents in the, the latter part of the 20th century. But he spread his talents among many different domains. He wrote a few very good mystery novels, one called, I think, Where the Truth Lies. He wrote a few straight plays. He created an excellent television series called Remember When, which was the first Mm -hmm. original series on AMC. Mm -hmm. And he recorded one massive hit song. an artist. His name is Rupert Holmes. What was the song that he had a massive
2: hit with? Oh, Mm -hmm. this is not my category. Um, Didn't he write the pina colada song or something like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt's doing a terrible job keeping a poker face there. <laughs> uh yeah so I'll, I mean because you've got both the other one and this one I will be uh, lenient of accepting it. The title of the song is Escape the Pina Colada. Ah. Sort of but yeah, uh, I'll give you. It's not 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 as much
1: of a verb as it was just a, a command. Escape <laughs> 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 the Pina nice. Colada song. <laughs> Your challenge
0: and now we go into the last question. The Ten-Year War refers to a series of Michigan versus Ohio State football clashes between 1969 and 1978, when the teams were led by, respectively, Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes. Adding to the drama, Hayes had long been Schembechler's mentor, dating back to when he was a head coach at what university, where Schembechler was a player. Schembechler also served as his school's head coach from 1962 to 1968. So first of all, this goes first to Joel and Matt trying to steal from Jonathan, in case that wasn't obvious. (laughs) And now I will give an additional hint. So this school, where Hayes was briefly the head coach and Beckler was a player and then later head coach, it is one of only four collegiate institutions that have graduated both a president and a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And it's the only one of those four where both the president and the quarterback have the same first name. Mm
2: -mm. (laughs) Gerald Ford?
1: Well, um, we're looking for the university. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah.
2: He went to Michigan, I assume. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and
0: Michigan is mentioned Michigan questions. is yeah. mentioned, so I don't
2: think... I don't know why, but, but Akron popped into my head immediately. Akron? Yeah.
0: Has a,
1: it has a, a university? University of Akron, yeah. The university of Akron?
2: And I don't know why. It's just it's just a random pop into my
1: head. Okay. Well, yeah, I... Don't know. This obviously presidents or the college sports or anything. So let's are see, just a, a whatever. Well, I don't know Ohio,
2: but there haven't been too many presidents from Ohio in this century yeah. or in the last century. Hmm. Um, who else? What other presidents played sport They played hmm. football. Um, so again, I said it, that they
0: graduated a president and a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Those were not the same Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that would be <laughs> interesting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so mean, any, let's see. Only so Nixon close went to, to right. <laughs> Nixon went to one of those California schools. Yeah. Uh, Reagan, where did Reagan go?
1: Uh, yeah, like, I know where he is now. But um, um, Carter went to Yale. Yeah. Um,
2: Clinton went to Yale also. Yeah. Uh, mm. I don't think it's going to be Yale. Uh, I don't know. Um, mm. is, is There's a possibility that
1: there could be like an Ivy League school amongst these. Maybe. Could be I mean, because that's a, a lot of a lot of presidents are come kind of from Ivy. Where did Eisenhower?
2: Oh. See with um he uh, went to like Navy or I I know, Army or something like that, West so Point. Either
1: West Point or the Naval Academy or yeah. Uh, Eisenhower, why is why is
2: Naval Academy jumping out? Well, he didn't go to the Naval Academy. No, he, he, he would have gone to no, West, West Point. West Point. Okay, so. and they do have a football program, so, okay, so we, we might try that.
1: So West Point, and do and you think that there's a, a Super Bowl wing?
2: Probably back in the 50s. Well, when did the Super Bowl start? Oh,
3: like 1967. Yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I do the math on that,
0: yeah. Yes, there was a championship um, game before that, but yes, the Super Bowl it was named by Lamar Hunt uh, when he saw his childhood. I don't think West Point was Bowl. a
2: major power by then. It stopped being a major power in the '50s. So, but there might to have to been to there be might have been Heisman Trophy winner in 1967, okay, or '68 or something like that. Yeah. Could try West Point. We'll, we'll try it. Okay. All right, you're
0: locking in
3: West Point. Sure. All right, Jonathan. Okay, well, Benjamin Harrison, and I take it that Ben Berger's first name is really also Benjamin, hence the quarterback and the president with the same first name went to Miami University.
0: So the four answers to this, Gerald Ford and Tom Brady both went to Michigan. Jimmy Carter and Roger Staubach both graduated from Annapolis Navy, Naval Academy. My own uh, alma mater, Stanford, has given us Herbert Hoover. Jim Plunkett and John Elway, and a university that is not in Florida, Miami of Ohio. Miami of Ohio, yeah. Yeah. Gave yeah. us Benjamin Harrison and Roethlisberger. So, so it could have been Naval Academy. It's just, just we were wrong,
1: wrong president, wrong, wrong president, wrong, time, wrong, wrong, time, wrong, wrong branches just, of service. Just, just we were wrong. just wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I'll have to uh, recheck the scores, but it looks like at the end of the game, Jonathan has our highest ever score so far of 74.1. Woo! good Uh, for you. All right. Joel at 41.0 and Matt at 32.1.
2: Congratulations. Yeah, yeah,
0: congratulations.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for the help with the back and the panini stuff and whatever and baby <laughs> shark and all of those oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome alright so so before we go we'll give each of you will have a final chance to just say anything that you want to say now as long as it's not too long or offensive it'll be kept in and we'll go in reverse order of score so the low scoring player will have the last word <laughs> um, so let's start with Jonathan anything you want to say
3: I had a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Please help control the pet population and keep your pets speed or neutered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel.
2: I can't really think of anything that I really need to say except maybe join the owners' league. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Matt. Uh,
1: yes. Well, I had a great time. I'm glad that I was able to make it. I know I, I was name dropped in the last episode that I couldn't make it on here, but I'm glad I was able to make it this time around. And everything has been running very smoothly and excellently, and I, I, I tip my hat to you, Yogesh, just to uh, putting this all together. This is really cool.
0: So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you, and yeah, it's great to have you. Glad you could finally make it out here. Uh, it's great to have all of you. This has been Episode 5 of Recreational Thinking with Yoga Shrout. Thank you all for listening.